Good evening, everyone. Joshna here. Kia ora, namaskar, and greetings. Thank you so much for joining me. Tonight I have a very special guest. I have Dada Abhidevananda here with me, and I'm going to ask him some very um, juicy questions. Namaskar, Dada. Namaskar. Namaskar. We were really overjoyed to 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 see the uh, last edition of On a Threshold of a New Era um, with lots of uh, beautiful footage of Baba's life. Um, so thank you so much for that. But before we talk about that, I was just wondering if you could introduce yourself, tell a little, tell us a little bit about your background and um, what does Avadut mean, for example? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I... <laughs> First of all, I don't introduce myself. I don't even know who or what I am either. So, um, and <laughs> I should know what the meaning of that word is. But what is it to you? For me, Abhutta just means total surrender to my spiritual master, to trying to be a more and more perfect channel for him and it's an open-ended existence in his service yeah what it means for me it's a tantric order that has existed from the time of shiva Mm. the abhutta order the earliest contact I had with it is in a, a book called Abhutta Gita, but it's a it's a beautiful scripture in which this original Abhutta, this early Abhutta, talked about his guru, mm-hmm. and basically everyone and everything. <laughs> ended up being his guru, <laughs> uh, Treya. He's the author of that, Dattatreya. Dattatreya. Yes, and if it's a book you haven't, if you haven't read it, if you haven't seen it, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Is it a story uh, of or, his life? Excuse me? Is it well, like a it, story of his it's life? It's not his life, no, it's his, it's his outlook. Mm. Um, Essentially, the concept of the Abhutta that he presents is a a liberated being who looks on the world and finds his guru in everyone and everything. And this book talks about his, oh, I forget, 39 gurus or whatever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, one guru is a a bee and another guru is a river and another guru (laughs) is... Yeah, this and that. And yeah. uh, what he learned from each of those entities, mm. not just living beings, but non-living beings. Mm. The early Abhutas, they were, if I recall correctly, they were, they walked around the world completely naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, nowadays we have a uniform. It, uh, because we we move in society, uh, and what's acceptable in India back in the days when when the order started is not globally acceptable. Mm-hmm. So um, 
if somebody walks around India with ashes on their body and, and nothing else, people sort of look at it and say, oh, okay, you know? Yeah. But if you do that in a Western society, it becomes uh, a major scandal. You get arrested, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, that wasn't such a big problem. <laughs> those days, they, they had enough power, they could just sort of walk in and out of jails without any <laughs> problem. But uh, iron bars were not uh, a big obstacle. But the the problem is the scandal, um, mm. needless misrepresentation of spirituality. And so the we have our uniform, Baba specified a uniform, and uh, we have both men and women abhutas. Uh, women are rep referred to as abhutikas, and the men as abhuta. And uh, of course, naturally, a somewhat different uniform. Yeah, I think I finished. Thank you, Dada. That was that was very interesting, very interesting. And I would like to ask you um, a little bit about this amazing project that you have, or many amazing projects. But you just finished, I think it was episode thirteen of "On the Threshold of a New Era," documentary on Sri Sri Anandamurti's life. Is that right? Is it episode thirteen? And have you got more to come? Yes. It, the the title changed so many times from the beginning. It's now it's called At the Threshold of a New Era, oh, yes. and we've been releasing it on the first of every month, one episode from January of 2020. Mm -hmm. So episode 13 came out on January 1st of 2021, and episode. That was episode 13, and episode 16 comes out on April 1st of 2021, and that's the final episode wow. of the film. Wow. Um, as a project, well, it came out, it started, it began more or less by Baba's wish. Um, certainly wasn't my wish. <laughs> and uh, it began, oh, it must be now six or seven years ago. Um, I had just completed a film on Prout. That's right. And, and I had given a, an introduction to it at some local film festival. Yeah. And someone came up to me and said, why don't you make a film about your spiritual master? <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and that was it, you know. I, uh, it began with one concept in mind and with some expectations. And it went through a lot of transformations. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I, my whole philosophy of life is, well, basically, Shubhasha Sigram, Ashubhasha Kalaharanam. Um, 
it's an advice that was given by in a in a, in a uh, scripture. It's all a mythological story, but basically, Rama gets some advice from another king who was a demon king, yeah. who he had just essentially killed. Just his last words coming out, taking advice from his enemy that if there's a good thing to do, mm. if you're given a, a good work, do it immediately. Mm. And if it's not a good work, then procrastinate, then delay, put mm -hmm. it off for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so this project was suggested to me and I said, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. I didn't stop to think how much I really hate making movies, <laughs> taking pictures, the whole process is not at all attractive to me. Um, I didn't stop to think, well, this isn't going to be very easy nowadays and it's going to cost a fortune. <laughs> I didn't stop to think about any of those things. It's, I believe in looking before you leap, but only to one thing. That is, is it a good project? Is it a bad project? Mm. It was a good project. So I said, okay, and we started. Mm. Uh, and then six, seven years later, finally, we finished going through a lot of different, different uh, phases. And in the end, the decision, oh, bit by bit, more and more fell on my head. If I had known all that in the beginning, I might have said no, but I didn't know <laughs> any of that. Yeah. Uh, so I became the, not just the executive producer or something like that, or executive director eventually, and eventually director, and eventually the narrator, and it basically it all fell in my lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, along the way the only way the only possible way in which it seemed reasonable to produce the film was in episodes yeah because nobody could take Baba's life and, and make sense out of it uh, even conceptualize it as one cohesive body of work I can imagine uh, it was just too huge. Yeah. So we built it up on uh, on the basis of episodes. And each episode I conceived of as in, in largely metaphorical terms. I didn't want to just, you know, state a bunch of facts, but I, I wanted layers and layers of, uh, of meaning and message. And in, from the mm, beginning... Yeah. I always felt that we don't have to um, exaggerate. We don't have to, you know, varnish the story with mm -hmm. all types of of <laughs> exaggerated, mm -hmm. yeah, devotional expressions or the like. Because Baba's life should should and in fact does speak for itself. Yeah. So if I recall correctly, episode 13 was an episode about Baba's social outlook. Am, am I correct? Is this the it's one about neo-humanism? Neo-humanism, yeah. 
Right. So we we went with that episode uh, in 1982. Baba began a series of discourses on the subject of neo-humanism. It's a reinterpretation of humanism, which is uh, supposed to express the what it means to be an ideal human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Baba just amplified that subject in many, many directions. Um, and as a social outlook, as a, I, I hesitate to call it a philosophy, but as a social outlook and also having many philosophical elements and also having practical elements, mm-hmm. uh, Baba basically gave a, a new definition of being human. Uh, gave a, a clear exposition of what it means to what uh, of the concept of rationality, and uh, I don't know it 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 clearly it clearly laid a, a foundation for Baba's next great work, which was. His Prabhat Sangeet in 1981-82, we we got the concepts of neo-humanism, and at toward the end of 82 in September, September 14th, Baba gave his first song, which over the next eight years, until Baba left this planet, till Baba departed, uh amounted to a body of 5,018 songs. Some people say 5,019. You know, you can imagine people might have had trouble counting and one song (laughs) might have slipped through the cracks here and there. Um, And so episode 14 will naturally be on the subject of Prabhatsangi. That's due out on February 1st. I look forward to that, Dara, because that's the work that you've been doing solidly for some years, isn't it? Retranslating yeah, the Prabhats and Geeks. That's uh, six or seven years of work or more. I don't know. Uh, and it's, again, I think you asked me about what it means to be Avatuta. Yeah. I, I don't really know how I'm even doing the work I'm doing now. Hmm. But it is immensely inspiring to yes, me. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, actually, as it turned out, Baba's life, Baba, Baba once told us, actually many times told us that the ideal person will die while working and work while dying, both. And Baba was like that. He just worked and worked and worked and worked. It was like it was a never-ending thing. And I can well understand what happened to him because it, there was just so much to do. <laughs> and and Baba didn't just do a do something and finish with it. He would start doing something and then he would take on more work. Yeah. And the old work didn't stop. It would mm-hmm. continue. So the new work was built on top of the old work and they both went on expanding. But yeah. with Prabhat Sangeet, 
we learned all types of new topics, new topics uh, that Baba had never mentioned before. And the flow was not just neo-humanistic, but also very devotional. Yes. And so these are, it's the greatest body of love songs ever composed by, by anyone. Or, or at least certainly by any one composer. Yeah. It's wonderful material. And for me... Yeah, and you would know because you're going into the really, into the depths of the language and the lyrics and the melody and the rhythm, aren't you? I have to. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm translating it. And, yeah. and I'm translating it from a language that, when I began, I really didn't know. No. And into a language that I do know. Hmm. But first I have to, to translate, I have to learn that language. And I have no skills in any language other than English, or I had none. Hmm. Um, I had a desire all, almost all my life, uh, that's also true. I'm, I'm getting to be quite uh, elderly, but I had a desire to to learn Bengali, but was never able to do it. Yeah. So at, uh, back in 1980, November of 80, I had already had my fill of all types of organizational works and duties and the like. Uh, postings. I, I've had duties assigned to me by our organization all around the world and just about every area, but I was very tired of it. And one day in November, I was just so, so burned out. I, I went to Baba's house. I was in Calcutta, and Baba was living in a suburb of Calcutta called Lake Gardens. Yeah. Our office was in Jodhpur Park, which was very nearby. It was about 10 minutes walk to Baba's house. And I, I walked over to Baba's house. I'm just walking outside Baba's house, back and forth, back and forth outside Baba's house, and uh, thinking, I'm tired of all this organizational work. <laughs> And the only thing that seems interesting to me now is to be your personal assistant. Uh, it was just, you know, I thought that Baba's personal assistant, who was Acharya Ramananda, who yeah. also features in many of the episodes yeah. of the film, uh, I, I thought he has the best job there is. That's <laughs> the only job that interests me. I don't want to do anything else. So after an hour of walking back and forth outside Baba's house, I never went in, I never spoke to Baba. I finally went back to the office and I was called that night. I received a call that night to, that Baba wanted me for field walk. Hmm. In those days when I would go for Baba with field, for field walk, Ramananji, who was Baba's personal assistant, who Part of his job was to take Baba for field walk to go with him. But it, by that time, whenever I went, 
uh, Ramananji didn't bother to go. Um, so we went out and it had been raining slightly that day. The roads were a bit damp and uh, I was sitting in the back seat of the car next to Baba and there were two young Bengalis, college age, I would say, in the front seat, and Baba was talking to them only in Bengali. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I had been thinking actually for weeks before that, should I learn Bengali or should I learn mm -hmm. Hindi? It was a stupid mental debate because I already knew the answer to it before I even started, mm -hmm. but in the end I concluded I'll learn Bengali. Hmm. Um, because Baba speaks in Bengali mostly, yeah. it's his preferred language. Um, so when it got time to for Baba to actually get out of the car and walk, because it had been raining, Baba did not get out of the car. He just came to the door of the car. I got out, made way for Baba to get out, but he only came to the door and put his feet on the ground. He didn't actually leave. Uh, the car and I got Baba's coconut water. He would usually drink something yeah. uh, ready. And Baba said to me, tonight I am speaking Bengali. <laughs> it wasn't a very deep subject because I already knew that. But I said, yes, Baba, I know. I am also trying to learn Bengali. Hmm. Baba said, ah, very good. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, when you have learned it, I can make you my PA number three. I thought, wow. You know, I didn't <laughs> yeah. think I was just in bliss at that yeah. stage because all that day, all that afternoon, that's all I was thinking is I don't want to do anything else except be your personal assistant. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Baba didn't say anything more to me uh, in English until we got back to Baba's house and uh, he continued speaking in Bengali. You can imagine yeah. I had incentive to learn Bengali and I studied <laughs> book after book, you know, I studied. they were all introductory books and as soon as I finished one book, I, I, I was really no better off than I was when I began. It was, <laughs> it was hopeless. I yeah. wasn't learning anything. Mm -hmm. And the only time when I started to actually learn Bengali is, I can say, when I started translating Prabhat Sangeet. Yeah. It's, a, it's not just these wonderful love songs, spiritual songs, a conversation between Guru and, and the disciple, but it's, it's a whole course in learning Bengali. And after doing this for six, seven years, I've gotten to the point where I'm feeling a little bit confident that I may be able to actually translate the song that I'm working on each day. I'm getting, I've gotten to a point where I think I have some basic understanding of written Bengali. Yeah. So uh, it took six, seven years. That's amazing though, Dada. And um, yeah. I think that's the most inspiring way to learn languages through through Prabhat Sangeet, through devotional songs. It is, and for, for me especially also, just the 
the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Each song was a challenge. Yeah, Each song was exactly. a mystery to yeah. to penetrate and, yeah. and solve. And uh, it's been a very, very enjoyable learning process. And it sticks because of the way in which Baba introduces new words gradually, new verbal forms gradually. <laughs> and it all it all just uh works works worked well for me wow that's amazing and you were saying recently you asked me recently about whether i would be able to record one of the songs because it was you said a conversation a conversation between um the beloved and the devotee yeah i'd say that was a i can say there are a lot of things about prabhat sangeet that that are wonderful in, in in nature the the whole format of the song each song seems to tell a story mm. and there are series of songs that are like musical dramas but when we get uh, when we get a conversation between the lord and the disciple uh, and when that conversation takes place in a single song it becomes extreme. It, well, it is very, very interesting. Mm. And I think one thing that that I have to say, I should say quite honestly uh, about Prabhat Sangeet that I think most people don't realize um, is that in, I can say honestly, in the vast majority of the songs, the disciple is presented as a female, um, more as a female than as a male. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I've, seen, I've seen commentaries on Prabhat Sangeet that there are 12 or 13 songs specifically written for women. Mm. Uh, and I, first of all, that number is far, far, far too few. Yeah. Um, but secondly, even with the songs that are not gender specific, the vast majority, uh, that is to say, where songs where they relate both to males and females, men and women, and that's most of the songs. Um, but still the imagery has a tendency to be female, the, grammatically. Um, the, uh, the nouns given are often feminine. Uh, in the Bengali language. Bengali is special because it has three cases yeah. for nouns and pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's the male and the female. And, you know, in the Latin languages, that's all you get. You get everything is either a man or a woman. A wall is either a man or a woman. And it's kind of weird. Uh, um, if you can't remember which is which, um, but in Bengali, we have some special pronouns that can be either male or female. They're gender neutral. Yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that all of the nouns are gender neutral or that you can't actually specify male or female. Yeah. And so if you if you study study Prabhat Sangeet deeply, you discover that uh, Baba uses words 
that tend to lean towards the female. Yes. For example, there's the the word sarit, sarit, which means river in a masculine case, or sarita, which becomes feminine, sarit. You're more likely to, to, you're more likely to see sarita than, than sarit, did you say? Yeah, then Sarit or Sarito. The, the, it's often the feminine form yeah. that Baba uses. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of songs. There, there's a, uh, I, I don't know if it's a Sanskrit name or a Bengali name, uh, Sunayana. Sunayana. Mm. Pardon me, but I speak Bengali with an American accent. So <laughs> I, I'm sure the purists out there will will get offended, but uh, Sunayana means having fair eyes, mm. but Sunayana is also a feminine name, and it's not a name mm. that is often mm. given mm. Uh, to mm. men in the first place, and Sunayana with the ah sound at the end is distinctly feminine. Mm. Basically, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily the name of a person, it just means well, in the English language, we would say fair-eyed maiden. Mm -hmm. And there's so many songs like that. I love that that name mm -hmm. and to, to refer to women like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, mm -hmm. when you have men yeah. uh, translating a song coming from a mm, male chauvinist, male-dominant society, uh, patriarchal society sometimes they just don't have the words in English to to express things correctly they don't know them or their own bias makes it hard for them mm -hmm. to see it but yeah. I would say you know and like I said these songs are are largely gender neutral they, they, they're good for men and for women yes but the the perspective Mm. of the conversation is very much between guru and a disciple who is uh, at least metaphorically or in terms of imagery projected as a female. It's, it's a bit like the story of Mirabai. Was yeah. it Mirabai? Yeah. And so who, who wants to... Uh, have a guru and the guru sends sends her away mm -hmm. saying I, I don't accept women as my disciples and her reply was before god we are all women mm -hmm. um yeah something like that yes. and and he accepted her then as mm -hmm. disciple and i think that that point of view is mm -hmm. Comes, comes across very, very, very clearly in Prabhat Sangeet. The it. imagery of Radha Krishna, for That's example. That's it, exactly. There's, there's this beautiful quote that I read by Dimmick many years ago when I was doing my research on Rari Ketan, and the, the quote goes very almost exactly like that. It was saying that um, in this universe there's only one male and we are all, we are all female. So and, and in Ra they, they have this 
they have in a lot of the Ketan songs, they're written also like Chandi Das's work, for example, Jaya Dave's work is written from a female perspective. Because that's the thought that we're all women, because Krishna or Shiva is just the only male in the universe. And I, they do that in Ra also when they play when they're dancing Ketan, they think of themselves as Radha. And what they say, what the Ketanias say is that we need to feel Radha's emotions in order to get close to God. Now the higher forms of devotion are largely, you know, along those lines. In Tantra, there are two strains, though very much the, the minor strain is where God is represented with feminine words and everybody, everything mm -hmm. else is masculine. But mm -hmm. by and large, in most mainstream tantra it's the reverse you know mm. purusha mm. and property purusha being consciousness or shiva or god uh is masculine and everything else becomes feminine and i i, I think it's not unreasonable to say that uh being a woman has some advantages in, in respect to the cultivation of devotion. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, um, you know, having grown up a man, I, there are advantages there too, you know, mm. significant advantages there too. But there have been times when I've, I've been a little bit jealous of of women, actually, well, there's been one time to tell you the truth. Uh, physically, when I first met Baba, we, uh, I went. This was before Baba was arrested, before Baba went to jail, prison for the next seven years. Uh, Baba had just given his sixteen points, his his whole uh, well integrated and and comprehensive spiritual mm. discipline and yeah. a part of that was the uh, practice by men of Tandava, that this Shaivite dance. Yes. And in those days, Baba would come out, he was in Patna, and he would come out in the evening and sit on the uh, patio, the front porch of our office, chair would be brought out there for him and uh, the men would wear the, the the fully uniform for Tandava which was a half lungi, uh just sort of like a kilt and they in their hand they would have a, a spear or a dagger in the, in the right hand in the left hand a skull yeah. uh, or something similarly foreboding and they, they they did the whole whole business, you know. We'd have ashes put on our face and whatever. And then we would come out in front of Baba and we would do Tandava in front of him. And I was doing that also and uh, jumping up and down and whatever. And we were doing Tandava and that was what the men did. Yeah. Uh, if there were men that weren't in the performance they were way back behind the whole thing but the women 
we're sitting on the patio right next to Bob. And I was thinking, <laughs> what is the fun in this, you know, going out there and putting on a show? I'd much rather be sitting yeah. on that patio next to Bob. Yeah. And absolutely. There, there were advantages. There were disadvantages to the women, as we know, you know, had a much harder time getting to meet with Baba personally. Yeah. Um, in personal contact. Um but yeah. as I was told, and uh, I've been told many times, they had some inner contact that was offsetting it. And I can honestly say that Prabhat Sangeet is, is a gift to Baba's women disciples that is unparalleled. It's, mm. it's unmatched. It's really amazing to hear that, Dada. It's really inspiring. I'm sure a lot of sisters will be really appreciating that and being more inspired to delve into it. It's just the fact says I see it. Um, yeah. I don't I don't say it to inspire anyone. I say it only to As it is. to set the record straight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Donna, thank you so much. I mean I could I could talk on forever and I hope that maybe another conversation soonish. Okay, you set it up. I'll come. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Dad. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon.
Oh